Bonsoir. Je vous parle de Saint-Denis à Paris. I am talking to you from Saint-Denis in Paris. It is 10.36 at night here. Although it feels like, what, 4.36 in the afternoon. Um, it's been a fun day. It's been a long, it's been a busy day. And it feels kind of like two days in one. But here we are. So we had a great flight. It was a really, really nice airplane. It was an Airbus A330, slightly bigger seats, more room, nice lighting. It was a really nice ambiance. They even had uh, great little tablet screens, good film and music selection, and network games. Like, is this normal now? You can play games with other people and like other seats on the airplane. You can just punch in their seat number and play tic-tac-toe and trivia games. That was pretty cool. I didn't expect that. The kids took to it naturally on the plane. They settled right in. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, start playing the games, and away they went. And they got a great uh, kids pack from Air Transat with a blanket, an eye mask, crayons, coloring book, even some popcorn. A decent meal was included, and even some wine. I wasn't sure, like, is this included these days? But it was nice that that's still the case. I think largely because it was uh, a longer flight. It was uh, about six hours, 45 minutes or so overseas. So we, we did have a meal included, uh, and it wasn't very busy. It was only two-thirds full, so uh, sometimes you get lucky. It's interesting. I've just been reading a biography of Samuel de Champlain by uh, David Hackett Fisher. It's a fairly well-known book. He won the Pulitzer Prize, I don't think for that book, but uh, he's of that caliber. And uh, this was in my mind as we were flying over the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, in the early 1600s, it would have taken him typically six weeks on average, sometimes more, to cross the Atlantic. He would do a return trip from France every year over like 20-something years. And here, of course, it takes us six hours. And I know it's second nature now. I've done it a few times, and, you know, we kind of take these things for granted, but... I guess after reading that book, it really puts things in perspective. You know, you, you bring up the locator map on the screen and the, and the seat in front of you, and there we are hovering over the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm thinking about the vicious storms, the fog, the icebergs that he would have sailed through just down below us there, Champlain and, and so many others. So we landed on time. It was uh, roughly 7.30 in the morning. And uh, at that point, now we were at Charles de Gaulle Terminal 3. And if you're familiar with it, well, it's uh, a bit of a bare bones airport, but I kind of liked it. I mean, there weren't any frills or anything, but uh, it was well organized. Now, there's no really any departure, any airport bridges. So when the plane arrives, we didn't know what to expect. It was still dark. That's another thing. It was 7.30 in the morning and it was still pitch black out. And I found out later that, of course, the sun starts to rise here in Paris, like uh, much closer to nine o'clock in the morning. So we couldn't really see outside the windows. You know, everybody was getting up and getting all this stuff. And I thought that there was an airport bridge like coming up to the airplane. And as soon as we stepped out of the plane, oh, there's steps. And we walked down onto the tarmac and there was one of those uh, shuttle buses, uh, Navette, that takes everybody on the airplane all the way around across the runway in the tarmac over to the actual terminal. So everybody was packed, packed right in. It was not the greatest, but it only lasted a couple minutes. Then we get into the airport where there's actually quite a bit of space. We were able to grab our bags fairly quickly, find the washrooms, and then uh, start heading to the train. We took the RER into Paris. Now from Terminal 3, it's quite a bit of a walk to get there. I mean, it's about a 10 minute walk, especially with the kids in tow. 
If you're ever heading right into the center of Paris, there's actually the airport shuttle bus, which is more like a coach-style bus. It's designed in particular for luggage. It gets you into the center of the, of the city. From there, you can make other connections. It is more expensive than the uh, air, so it depends where you're going. But I figured it would be just as straightforward to take the actual train. Once we got into the uh, the train terminal, it's quite straightforward to buy the ticket. Now, the airport ticket, even though it's the RR train, which has its own price structure to the airport, it costs quite a bit more. It's about 11 euros for an adult and uh, 8 euros something for the kids. So we're close to 40 euros for us to get uh, into Saint-Denis. Once we were on the train, at that point, it took a good 40 minutes to get to where we were going. At first, it was fine, but here's one thing to really watch out for. If you are taking the RR train from the airport, you would expect that there would be baggage racks or it would be kind of set up because there's obviously a lot of airport travelers, but it's not at all. And especially as you get closer to the city, everyday commuters are coming on and squeezing on. By the time we got to our last stop, it was absolutely packed. The kids were jammed in between our legs and people were pushing against us. I wasn't even sure if my backpack was still sticking outside the doors of the train. I really couldn't see it. I couldn't turn around. I had no idea. I just squeezed forward as best I could. And of course, we got in, but I wouldn't have wanted to stay like that much longer. We were fortunate at that point. There was only one more stop to go. So I can see why people take taxis or the airport bus, even if you have to maybe backtrack a bit. And it's more expensive, but it's certainly a much more comfortable ride when you have this much luggage. Now, at this point, we were quite lucky because we could go straight to our Airbnb right away. At this point, it's around 10 o'clock in the morning, and we were really quite exhausted. The kids slept for roughly an hour and a half on the plane. They were able to uh, curl up on some extra seats, so we were, again, quite fortunate with that. I didn't sleep, but I closed my eyes, and Emily didn't sleep at all. So we were all struggling quite a bit. By the time we got to the apartment, you know, it was 10 in the morning, but it felt like a 4 in the morning for us, having hardly slept. The kids were pretty much at their limit. They were hungry, but we were also tired. And at this point, we knew uh, the best thing to do was just to get to sleep. And of course, when you're getting over that first day of jet lag, you're just never really quite sure what time is it, what time is it supposed to be, what time do I feel like, should I sleep for long? And I really made the decision like, look, we don't have anything planned. We very purposely said on day one, we're just going to see how we feel, see how tired we are, and then see what happens after that. So it wasn't like, well, we only have a couple hours to sleep. Let's just relax and see what happens. So uh, once we all got settled in and everybody fell asleep, uh, including me, the time passed quickly. And when I woke up, I looked at the time and it was now four o'clock in the afternoon. But that was fine. That was fine. We felt a bit better for sure. We definitely had a decent amount of sleep and we'll get some more tonight to have a nice full day tomorrow. I remember this from the last time we were in Paris, 11 years ago there. It's such a great thing. You go to these little grocery stores. There's one, they're all over the place. They're different brands and different uh, names. A, a common one is uh, Franc Prix. And it's kind of like a, a small-scale grocery store. You get quite a bit there. You get all the basics and uh, the fundamental things that you need. There's one right across the street from here. So I knew that's where we were going to go as soon as we were ready to, to get a bite to eat. And at this point, it was something like... Uh, 5.30, let's say, uh, definitely getting into dinner time, although you could say it felt like lunch. So what we did is we went over and we get a baguette and, you know, a bit of ham and salami and some fresh cheese and amazing butter and uh, cucumbers, some milk for tomorrow and some cereal. 
bananas even. We got all of this. I think it was roughly 24 euros for all of that and uh, brought it back and put it all together into a nice spread. And I mean, you know, this is just incredible fresh food. The baguette was still piping hot and uh, just was a perfect thing that we needed. So you don't have to go to all these fancy restaurants and pay top dollar all the time. You can get very, very good food, even just at one of these little grocery stores. With that done, we had a final decision to make. What were we going to do the rest of the evening? If anything, did we even feel like going out? The area where we are, it's not really that far from the city. It's a couple metro stops till you start getting into the, the real heart of central Paris. Uh, but still, you know, take a bit of effort. There wasn't really much to see exactly where we are now. We're kind of a, maybe a 15, 20 minute walk from the Stade de France, if you know where that is. We're south of that, so we're kind of between the stadium and the perimeter road there of Paris. Uh, about a 10 minute walk from the nearest metro station, which is called Front Populaire on line 12. So we figured out, oh, okay, well, it's a beautiful uh, day. I mean, it feels like spring for us here. It's 10, 12 degrees Celsius. And, um, you know, we felt pretty good. Well, let's try to go do something. The closest attraction here from where we are is uh, Sacré-Cœur up on the hill of Montmartre. So uh, we knew this was not just a beautiful thing to see, but of course, you can see the whole city, including the Eiffel Tower. So that was definitely the thing we were going to do. We wandered over to the Metro. Now, here's the thing with the Metro when you're buying tickets, especially when it's for family. It is quite complicated. There's all kinds of different options. You're tempted to buy a day pass or a multi-pass and all these things, or maybe just a single ticket. And it's hard to keep it all straight. I had expected to buy, at least tonight, a single adult ticket, well, two single adult tickets and two child tickets, which are half price. But when you go to the vending machine at any station, they don't sell the half price tickets. It turns out you only get those when you buy a pack of 10 tickets. You can only buy a pack of 10 tickets, whether adults or kids, if uh, you buy the Novigo card, which is a plastic card that you pay two euros to have the actual card, then they charge it with your 10 tickets, which at least you get a good discount on. But uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to use that many trips, of course, so is it going to be worth it? However, because they don't sell the child discount in single tickets, we ended up buying four adult tickets for this ride down to Montmartre, and those are two euros, 10 cents each. So that's eight euros right there. Then once we get to our stop and we walk a few minutes, we get to the bottom of the hill. And if you're familiar with the area, you'll know there is the funicular. There's the uh, little kind of tram train that goes up the side of the hill to the bottom of the church, which takes like maybe 40 seconds. Cost two euros each. <laughs> I had hoped that our tickets would still be valid to transfer to the funicular because it was supposedly within the time limit. But of course, when we tried to put them in, nothing happened. And we asked the guy, he said, oh, no, you can only, your ticket's only valid for transfers if you stay within the system. As soon as you go out, then that's it. You're cut off. You have to get another ticket. So we started to head towards the stairs to just walk instead. But uh, the look on the kids' faces convinced us, okay, well, this is eight euros that we probably have to spend. <laughs> and it's fun. It's a one-time thing. So we went back. We bought the tickets for the funicular. And uh, we took the ride up to the top. 45 seconds later, there we were at the top of the hill, the bottom of Sacré-Cœur. Beautiful, beautiful evening. It was lit up stunningly, of course. When you get to the top of the stairs, uh, you kind of walk around a bit and down this roadway to the left, and you can see the light spinning in the sky. And of course, I knew what this was. The kids noticed it. They thought, well, there's something flashing in the sky. And as soon as you go kind of past a tree and it pops out between a few buildings, 
there's the Eiffel Tower, offer in the distance, but it dominates. I mean, really, especially from Montmartre, you can see it from anywhere in the city. But because they have these zoning laws where tall buildings are not allowed anywhere close to it, it stands out even more. It's a beautiful kind of orange-yellow color with the light spinning at the top, and the kids were blown away. That was their first view of the Eiffel Tower. It's the big thing they're looking forward to seeing. Tomorrow we're going to go see it in person. We're going to at least stand underneath. I don't know if we're going to go up tomorrow. We may do that on our way back at the end of March, but we'll definitely go and see it. So that was the highlight of the night, to see the Eiffel Tower, at least from a distance, and uh, to be able to see some of Paris. And this is interesting, too, because where we're staying here in Saint-Denis, Saint-Denis really feels like a more kind of generic, modern suburb, really. I mean, yeah, it's some, there's a few nice buildings, but a much more modern architecture and kind of generic roads. As soon as we get out of the metro there near in Montmartre area, I mean, right away you're into these cobblestone narrow streets and beautiful uh, buildings, the uh, Art Nouveau style, and of course the cafes and, uh, you know, neon lights, uh, advertising coffee and uh, crepes and so on. And it's like, wow, as soon as you step out, you're right into the heart of Paris and it feels like Paris. So that was a nice feeling. And this is a place I've been before. It was a reconnection of, uh, of those memories. So how are we feeling so far? Well, it's been a good start. I mean, we knew that it would be a long journey to get here, even though the flight was amazingly smooth, relatively fast, really the best option we had in terms of getting to Europe. Still, because it's overnight and uh, it was, you know, a long, long day, uh, that's about the limit where we could push ourselves and especially the kids. They really, really were ready for a pause and a break uh, to get some more sleep and then to get some food. And now this evening, they've been feeling a bit better. We're going to get some more sleep tonight and then go out tomorrow to, as I say, see some more of the city. The plan is to go to the Eiffel Tower and then head over to the Chocolate Museum and check that out. I've never been there and looking forward to seeing what that's like. Uh, we'll wander around a bit. I'd like to go over and see Notre Dame and see how it looks now and see a little bit more of the city, walk around the Louvre a bit. That'll probably be our day. That'll take us uh, towards late, late afternoon at least. And at that point... As I say, we only have so much energy. There's only so much we can push uh, the kids and even ourselves. So that'll probably be it for tomorrow. But that'll get us back to our uh, apartment. And then Friday late morning, we head over to the train to head to Avignon. But before that happens, I'll be back tomorrow night with an update, let you know how things go tomorrow. Some more tips and things that I'm learning about Paris for families, for kids. This is, again, part of this new adventure. It's interesting to be to a city now that this is my fourth time in Paris. But it is much different now, navigating with the kids and really knowing how to pace ourselves as a result. And also, I'm making mental notes throughout the day of things I can say here in my daily updates. That's going to take some more practice, but really there's no rush, you know. It's just taking it a day at a time, figuring out the best way to put this together and getting into the routine of doing it as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. It is time to head to bed and look forward to a great day tomorrow. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk to you more soon.